to a Hope 103.2 podcast. The next morning, James surprised Caitlin by announcing that he was not going for his usual Sunday run. I was thinking of going to church, he said as casually as he could say such a thing. Where did that come from? asked Caitlin. She wasn't troubled, just a little caught off guard. My James going to church? Well, started James, there were these friends of Kim at the pub last night, a good bunch of guys. James then told her the whole story of how Mark and his friend had taken this injured man up to the medical centre and how Mark was due to give a speech at the church the next morning. This Mark guy seemed like a really interesting person. I just want to hear what he has to say. And besides, I think Kim and Stuart would really love me to turn up. Caitlin seemed satisfied with the answer, but made it clear she was going to stay in bed with the Sunday paper. When James pulled up outside the church, a big old sandstone thing like he got married in, he suddenly felt a little hesitant. He wondered if everyone would know he wasn't a regular churchgoer. He even worried he might be underdressed. That fear was soon overcome when he spotted Stuart, who was dressed like he was going to the footy or something. Stuart welcomed him and showed him into the church. They sat in the far back right pew, which was James's choice of seating. The service started with songs. At first, James felt out of place. He thought he was the only one in the building who didn't know the words off by heart. Kim soon directed him to the words printed in the service sheet he'd been given on the way in. At least then he could sort of mouth the words. Actually, James found some of the tunes pretty catchy. It wasn't his style of music, a bit too much piano for his liking. But he found standing in the middle of a hundred or so people, singing at the top of their lungs, pretty inspiring. About halfway through the service, the man at the front began to introduce a young man who has recently placed his faith in Christ. Mark walked up to the microphone. James was all ears. It turns out that Mark had never been inside a church until 12 months ago. My only churches, he said, were the footy club and the local pub. The congregation laughed, which surprised James a little. As Mark continued, he told how he didn't have a bolt out of the blue or a blinding light. He simply had friends in his football team who would chat with him occasionally about spiritual things and who one day invited him to attend a course called Christianity Explained. The course is so simple, Mark said with excitement in his voice. You get to read one of the biographies of Jesus' life and ask whatever questions you want. This man, Jesus, he continued, just impressed me so much, I found myself wanting to know more. I wanted to trust him with my life. When Mark sat down, no one clapped, which James thought was a little odd. James didn't understand everything he heard in church that day, but his overriding impression was that these people really believed what they were saying and found great joy in it. Over the next month, James managed to get to church twice more. Never with Caitlin, though, who seemed increasingly uncomfortable with the whole God thing. At work, James found himself pondering spiritual things more and more. He even caught himself wondering what you meant to say in grace before a meal. 
He was going to ask Kim one day, but he thought better of it. That was too personal, he thought. He wanted to know more about the faith, but wasn't exactly sure how you're meant to go about it. An opportunity to find out more was presented to him a couple of weeks later. Toward the end of his fourth church service, and James was counting them, the man leading the service announced that another Christianity Explained course, just like the one Mark had done a year or so before, was commencing in three weeks. James was interested but dubious until he heard where it was going to be held, in Stuart and Kim's home. It turns out Stuart ran quite a few of these courses, including the one Mark had attended. A member of the congregation some years ago had given the church some money to employ someone a day and a half a week to coordinate evangelism in the church. Stuart had been in the role for a couple of years. James stayed for about 10 minutes after the service, just enough time to drink his coffee, chat briefly with Mark, and speak to Stuart about the course. Would you be open to a sceptic like me coming to your seminar thing? James was trying to sound more sceptical than he really was. Absolutely, Kim interrupted, and you'll get to eat some more of my cooking. Three weeks came around pretty quickly for James, and soon he was sitting in Stuart's lounge room with eight or nine others, exploring for the first time the life of Christ, as found in the Gospel of Mark. Some in the group were quiet, and others, like James, had questions about everything. What about evolution? How do you know the Bible stories aren't just made up? Why would God let suffering exist? What do you have to give up to be a Christian? And so on. James was amazed how calmly and simply Stuart was able to answer everything the group threw at him. By the fourth week of the course, people's questions were less confrontational and more about what it actually means to follow Jesus. After looking at the meaning of Jesus' death, James asked, But why would he do that? Because he loves us, said Kim. Because he couldn't stand the thought of you and me not finding God's forgiveness, Stuart added. The response from the group was palpable. If this is true, thought James, this was important stuff. That night when James got home, Caitlin was already asleep. James went into the lounge room, grabbed a drink and decided to finish reading the Gospel of Mark. And when he got to the end, he wanted to keep reading. He turned the page over and started reading the Gospel of Luke. About midnight, he got to Luke chapter 5, verse 27, the calling of Levi the tax collector. The simple words, follow me, and Levi's instant response struck James with great force. He sat pondering everything he'd experienced over the last couple of months, and then whispered almost unconsciously, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to follow you. Suddenly, he knew the difference between religion and faith in Christ. Later the next day at work, James took Kim aside and told her what he'd read the night before and how he decided to do what that Levi bloke did. As he was talking, he noticed that the ever-bubbly Kim had tears rolling down her face. James, she said with a quiver in her voice, I am so happy for you, 
Stuart and I have been praying for you these last few weeks, really hoping that Christ would become real for you. Praying for you. Those words suddenly reminded James of something he'd heard two and a half years before from his godmother, Judy, at his wedding reception. I say a prayer for you every single day, she said. James knew he had to tell her about his newfound faith. Leaving staff to close up the pub, James headed home about 11pm, looked up his godmother's UK details and rang the number. Auntie Judy, he said, knowing how bizarre this must have sounded. It's James, your godson. Oh, dear James, said the voice on the other end of the phone in exactly the joyful tone James remembered about her. How wonderful to hear from you. Is everything okay? Caitlin, is she well? Suddenly she sounded concerned. Everything is fine, James assured her. I just need to tell you about something that's been happening to me recently. James went on to tell Judy everything. His friendship with Kim, that amazing night in the pub, his first church service, Mark's testimony, Stuart's course, and what he discovered in the Gospels. Everything. He must have talked non-stop for five or six minutes. Are you still there, Auntie Judy? I'm here, James, she said with a quiver that reminded him of Kim's response earlier that evening. I have to ask, James said. You once said you prayed for me every day. What have you been praying for exactly? His godmother explained that for almost 30 years, she'd been asking the Lord somehow to give James some Christian friends who could lead him to a real faith in Jesus. James listened dumbfounded. Well, I think your prayers got through, he said. You might have to find something else to pray for now. They laughed, chatted for a few more minutes, and then said goodbye. As he went to bed that night, James looked at Caitlin, sleeping so peacefully, and he wondered how he could help her find what he had found. Because in that moment, nothing seemed more important. Hope 1032. Thanks for listening.